0: Hi, G here from Fight Game Media, our Patreon aka Fight Game Media Network Plus recently turned one. We've been through a lot of trial and error as well as progress with the network and we want to thank our subscribers, both old and new, with a token of our appreciation, literally a digital token. We've created our very first Po-Op. If you don't know what that is, think of it as an NFT that celebrates an event. If you don't know what an NFT is, well, Google will help you with that. If you join Fight Game Media Network Plus today at patreon.com front slash fight game media, you can claim your year one Fight Game Media Network Plus Po-Op. We're only doing 100 of them. So join now to claim your prize. It's just $5 per month. And we have a ton of current and historical audio content waiting for you.
1: Write that, write that down. Write that, write that, write that down. Write down.
0: Yo, everyone, it's Justin. I wanted to give you a kind of reintroduction to the show that originally aired in October uh, That Fumi and I recorded for the Patreon or as we're calling it now Fight Game Media Network Plus Okay, this episode is a special one-off episode that we wanted to reintroduce on this new feed that we have going Because I think it's really not only important, it's pretty uh, topical in a lot of ways But what I wanted to focus on was the Big Four of all Japan in the 1990s the big four or in J- Japanese it's often called Shiten no okay now if you don't if you're not familiar the the wrestlers are Mitsuharu Misawa, Toshiaki Kawada, Kenta Kobashi, Akira Taue. They're the big four during the 90s the four most influential players of the entire decade hands down but What got Fumi and I talking about this was that English-speaking fans in 2020 have more and more often been referring to these four wrestlers from the 90s as Japan's all Japan's four pillars of heaven. Okay? Four pillars of heaven. You're hearing that term a lot. Pillars. Or Jim Ross said pillows. Four pillows. Whatever. Recently, the term four pillars has really turned into this new hip shorthand by fans and people on TV, wrestlers and the like, for basically saying the top four wrestlers, the foundational wrestlers of a company. AEW's been really going with this idea recently. I think I saw CM Punk wearing a shirt, and I had the guys and girls who were the the pillars, foundational wrestlers of the company, and they were posed behind actual pillars, like Greek pillars, you know. But the ironic thing about all of this is that that four pillars of heaven translation—it's a mistranslation, unfortunately, of that word shitenno that I that I just mentioned. There are a couple of different ways you can interpret it, but that specific kanji pairing—that phrase—is actually in colloquial Japanese and like modern day every every day you know chit-chatting around the uh, water cooler type of Japanese when people say shitenno, it doesn't have that heavy heavenly feeling to it it's just kind of everyday phrase usually set for something like sports or entertainment or sports entertainment where it's basically just meant to say the best four in a certain genre or medium of something you know in english sometimes we say the mount rushmore of blank okay the best the top four in uh, best wrestlers of all time who's your mount rushmore you pick four okay that general idea is the idea that's spoken and thought of in Japanese and that's called shitenno and that was the you know the big four in the 1990s in all Japan there wasn't a judeo christian heaven sort of you know connection to this at all it's not as heavy as it sounds although i think it's too late because it's now an accepted edition to the pro wrestling lexicon. But it was actually born out of a mistranslation and misinterpretation of the original kanji characters. It's what it is. We talk more in detail about that in this episode. I think it is important in that sense because the more people use this, you know, for pillars phrase, the more you probably want to get to know where it came from. So on that note, let's go right into the show. Today's Write That Down no Big Four of Ultra Pro Wrestling in 1990s. All right, patrons, welcome back. It's write that down. I'm Justin Nipper, Wrestling Observer Online, Fight Game Media Online, and I'm here back from Tokyo with Fumi Saito. Fumi, how are you doing? Hello from Tokyo. Hello Good. from Los Angeles.
1: <laughs>
0: yep. Okay, so today we're talking about a certain phenomenon that we yeah. talked about last time. Um, We're talking about After, all Japan. Yeah.
1: Four Pillar is the is pretty much established name now, huh?
0: Seems like it. Seems like it. So could you explain, I guess, where... Wh- well, we're talking about a specific four wrestlers from a specific time period in all Japan.
1: Yeah, Mitsuharu Misawa, Kenta Kobashi, Toshiaki Kawada, and Akira Taue. those four. Mm-hmm. All Japan's 90s superstars.
0: And they defined the 1990s all Japan pro wrestling. This company
1: and Japanese style that went to West and very uh, much the, so. Yeah, video traders they go, "Wow, that's a." Did you see that Japanese match? Mm. That automatically meant some some match from Misawa or Kobashi or Kawada, you know? Yeah. So they, they are shiten Stenno.
0: So okay, so this um word or phrase is it's easy to misinterpret or mistranslate
1: right yeah what what happens is that like i said you know there's the four pillar name is already established and that's fine with me but the completely messed up <laughs> not really but the, you know it's that it's not i don't want to sound cliche but uh, it's uh, something was really lasting translation really
0: very google translate um yeah because there's no context without. Uh, you need the full context to kind of understand
1: all right shtenno, the word steno is actually the big four or top four or four deities you know it's a originally buddhist term and for us steno is pretty much not everyday language but language but everybody knows this term steno and i believe that uh, when they did the google translation steno sh- is made of three kanjis you know Then I believe they translate the she for 10 heaven, no, like a king, you know, and it's a one word with three kanjis, but they individually translate three kanjis, she and 10 and no separately and kind of put it together is what that's what happened, I think. But in everyday Japanese, it, it would be
0: more like you're talking to somebody or talking to people. Yeah,
1: Shtenno is like your... The you big four, Mount,
0: Mount Rushmore,
1: yeah. Mount Rushmore face, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: when we say Mount Rushmore of, uh, you know, WWE, we don't actually think Steve Austin and The Rock are are mountains or statues or, or their faces it's, are... It's in, an
1: expression, it's an expression. Just an expression, of of yeah. Yeah, so Stenno also is that way. Not resting term, like some people believe shiten no is this this is this uh what's the four pillars of heaven mm. the four, four pillars of heaven yeah uh, the term was only used for those four wrestlers wrong stand <laughs> is pretty much everyday language everyday term almost yeah, you,
0: cliche you could have like a baseball stand no
1: yeah like a four big bad home run guys or something mm, sure yeah
0: yeah or four best pitchers or something
1: or the the four four big politicians from the same party or something
0: sure yeah it, it's yeah. A, a common a pretty simple idea but it has it's kind of a dressed up word because it came from uh, you know it came from Bo- Chinese Storm. buddhism yeah yeah yeah, yeah but it, yeah. It, it, there's no there's no real spiritual uh like feeling behind it when people say oh, it
1: no days. no just three musketeer idea came first in like an early uh late 80s into early 90s they that the three, three guys we talked about last episode
0: cage mm-hmm.
1: Shinya Hashimoto and Masachono. They yeah, got three guys, three musketeers right away, right? Mm. And now Misawa, Kawada, Kobashi, and Tawa, it's a four. So it must be Stenno. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the captain of the Shtenno
1: team, we can say, is we have to say it's Misawa, yeah? Yeah, of course. Of course. So he- and uh, he's a locker room leader, you know, leader. And uh, and uh pretty much spiritual leader, too, you know, and just misawa is so special yeah the in ring they were equal almost you know ability and the the way they put together matches and uh pretty much the positions you know pretty equal but the uh, misawa yeah misawa is a top guy of course mm, and especially kind of after he beat jumbo jumbo and uh yeah and the torturous hand you know yeah mm-hmm. they, the right at the beginning hand, of
0: the 90s
1: yeah yeah so see all through new, uh, the old Japan Pro Wrestling's history, back you know, traced back to 1972, Giant Baba started. You know, hmm. then in the 80s it was you know, not really handed, but the, the top position was you know switched from aged Giant Baba to Jumbo truda. and Jumbo had a tag team partner Genichiro Tenru, and in late 80s, in American term, Tenru turned heel on jumbo and those two became top two stars babyface and, and heel in american you know term and those are the two tops tenru and jumbo mm. then the four guys took over in the 90s yeah mm.
0: it felt like there was a less of a connection to baba at that point because jumbo yeah, and baba, Tenryu,
1: yeah, of course direct connection oh that's a generation too you know sure but, yeah generation
0: uh, i think it's more clear by the 90s
1: yeah and yeah because baba was age not retired but the john baba positioned himself in in a six man tag team match every night in every show of the year right before the intermission you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and john and everybody knows that the jump john baba was the boss and owner and promoter and and the producer everything you know that's the founder of the company but uh, it's a sport so you you're a top guy in the ring was Jumbo and Tenru at the time, and uh, that goes goes age too uh, into 80s, into late 80s, into early 90s. Then Tenru left for SWS, and Jumbo got sick too, and uh, that the the torch was handed to Misawa. Then the single match happened. You know, that the somewhat aged Jumbo Tsuru still on top. Misawa had to beat him in single match, which, which was very epic yeah and uh it's wrestling it's just but it's a still sport that you really have to have the match you know for people to believe that the, yes it's misawa's you know time
0: yeah something has to happen something has to change
1: yeah and, and the one the match it. was really good yeah and uh, everybody believed wow this is misawa's time yes and also right before that he gave up his tiger mask mask and costume and he came out I didn't, you know, identified himself. Right. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. But uh, Misawa's his days, he's not gonna need Tiger Mask costume, you know. This time it's gonna be Misawa himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's a uh, two distinguished career or something.
0: And I guess the when you think of if there's a number two, you, you, you can always, you know, have your arguments over, but I think because of the connection to Misawa it has to be Toshiaki Kawara because of their right, right. their own relationship.
1: Yeah, and then they Aaron went. Connection. To, they went to yeah high school wrestling team, and uh, they were roommates. Misawa year older and uh, Kawada year younger, but uh, yeah, uh, they were best friends. And that uh, Kawada right out of high school, Misawa went into Old Japan, right? And Kawada wanted to actually wanted to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Misawa told him, "No, you come to Old Japan," you know and uh, a useless trivia i i would say it's, a, it's a, uh misawa graduated from high school in 1981 that means kawada graduated from high school 82 then in national amateur wrestling tournament final it was between kawada against kei yamada later on he becomes liger you know and Kawada beat Liger for a high school tournament, you know, final. Isn't that interesting? That's
0: yeah, that's always been kind of the uh, the legend. I've always heard the story, but I wonder if there's any VHS footage out there that somebody can bring up and we can. Oh, see probably
1: something. not. Who's probably gonna, not, yeah. Yeah, people don't videotape your high school wrestling championship. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, mean this is your family, you know, or you or maybe handheld home video that maybe high school friends maybe. might have might have taped it i don't know but they at the time back in 1982 we didn't know they were gonna be legend <laughs>
0: you know
1: and i don't think
0: amateur <laughs> wrestling was it's still not as popular as other sports in japan It you know it just well, doesn't not, have not, as many every, not,
1: not every high school offered the program. you know program right. Right. yeah the reason misawa kawada both went to ashikaga uh, kogyo high school was that they had good wrestling team you know yeah
0: was uh hiroshi hase involved at this time in the high school or college wrestling scene in the early eighties uh, before he went to actually, new japan
1: he was already in college yeah okay so he was a little hiroshi, older. hiroshi Hase is two years older than misawa uh one year older than misawa and two years older than than, than kawada okay. and he was in Senshu university yeah so yeah, he he was a little ahead of the, a little bit of a
0: different generation still.
1: Yeah, and then uh, he had an amateur career, and he Hiroshi Hase made it to 1984 LA Olympic Greco. Yeah, he aimed for Greco because freestyle is too too big of a competition, right? Because everybody does uh, freestyle, but the, not many high school or college team. Uh, or it's like most guys go for go do the freestyle and then. Less people you know went went for greco. A lot of people did both, but uh, Hiroshi Hase himself aimed on you know for Olympic. When I was senior in you know college, I'm going to Olympic. And then, then he aimed for Greco, and he won the tournament. You know, he kind of calculated. Very smart. So Kawada had that same kind of
0: background, that same amateur, that gritty amateur experience coming into Pro wrestling, not New yeah. Japan, like he wanted to. but He came along with his buddy Misawa, and yeah, he can, He also sort of came up as a, like a junior at first, right? At
1: junior the time, it's like a weird because now these guys are all heavyweight, but the, at the time, all Japan's junior heavyweight was like your Masafuchi size. You know what I mean? And right. That guys are that guys really heavyweight, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what. Today's wrestlers, even people like Tanaha you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi or Naito or EVO, New Japan guys, mm. they could be considered junior heavyweight if they came out in you know late seventies into eighties. Different body yeah, sizes. Was a, <clears throat> yeah, the wrestlers were somewhat bigger than you see. You see Jumbo, right? Jumbo Tsukuda, the Tenru, mm. or Inoki or Sakaguchi or you know.
0: Masakatsu was
1: huge. Oh, huge! Yeah, younger Choshu. Uh, Muto and, is quite, you know, heavyweight. Yeah, Muto was big, tall guy, okay. you know, and also he was—he was—he had the size. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the, today's you know Tanahashi or you know Naito, or Ivo, or, or what about um no Noah? yeah. Pro- um, Giant barbers of old Japan traditionally took big guys, big size guys, heavyweight, heavyweights. Heavy, heavy because years. of baba and jumbo and the uh, baba almost resented somebody who was smaller size you know wrestler has to be uh, a foot taller than uh most guys coming out of the you know the, the carton mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be like a neck taller than uh, normal people that's what the philosophy was
0: oh all, guys all like the uh, guy- bruiser barotius ten hands yeah were yeah kind of all
1: these, yeah think about it. even older guys like a dory funk terry funk harley race they were big people hmm. football you know? players yeah or even nick Bakwinkle. i mean bigger mm. than most most today's wrestler you know they were you know above
0: average size they weren't they weren't everyday size people and they, that's and they the, yeah, worked that's to how be larger than Baba life.
1: looked at the business yes mm. yeah so they they were hesitant to take on you know like a smaller guys you know and uh, maybe if Jumbo's era lasted a little longer, that the Kawada could have been like smaller guy, you know, or the considered not junior heavyweight. Like for instance, Atsushi Onita was junior heavyweight when he worked for All Japan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but when you have your own show, you become your main guy. Uh, that's, that that size of the body didn't really matter, you know. Mm-hmm. But the, yes. Misawa has good, good size, okay? And Kobashi, great size. And Akira Taue, former small wrestler, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all big guys. Yeah, Kawada was like as as a height, a little short, huh? A little bit. Um he was never he was always kind of stocky. So mm-hmm. Oh, and then he was the, one of the guys that he lifted most weights in, in the dressing room, you know, like uh, every day, every day. Just Kawada wanted to put on just muscle, you know? Yeah. And he, he was He
0: was also one of the only wrestlers from this time that sort of brought in the the main, I guess I could call it the mainstream t- style of the 90s with the UWF and New Japan with the martial arts kicks and the kick pads. He looked like he could uh, wrestle on UWF. New Japan or UWF.
1: Yeah, right.
0: That and, made him very unique in the All Japan setting in the 90s.
1: Yeah, because he was the only one doing it in that in that environment
0: yeah it was very rebellious like a rebellious choice
1: yeah and not necessarily baba didn't necessarily encourage it it Mm -hmm. was kawada's choice to do so and can you you imagine doing that style onto somebody like stan hansen you start (laughs) kicking you start kicking big guy you know
0: i I think uh, you told me that uh kawada was the one stan hansen really really worked hard
1: uh coming up in the 90s yeah and then no also, mercy on you you should see some of the videotapes that the, the way Stan Hansen give his clothesline lariat to, <laughs> to Kawada I was like oh, you gotta you know amputate the guy or something you know?
0: <laughs> maybe he had a concussion or a
1: couple who knows probably probably yeah. probably yeah but uh Kawada was one of those guys typical Japanese type that uh, you don't complain mm. you know mm. oh he even stopped at the gaijin dressing to just say thank you after the match
0: very classy
1: ah oh, yeah after very that take, taking that clothesline get up you know back to dressing room. before he goes back to his own dressing room knock the you know americans door say hey yeah uh, thank you very much mm-hmm. tough guy huh yeah and i think it
0: went both ways because uh fellows like stan hansen really did appreciate that sort of um you know treatment and, and evidently
1: a little bit later on couple of years later there was a tag team of stan hansen and kawada if you remember mm-hmm. Mm. yeah that was I, like a very interesting duo you know because back then all japan fans mind that the stans are always working heel american side but uh secretly always loving stans you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah yeah love to hate mm. actually loving him you or know? just
0: yeah just love and and running away from him and 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 having him a part of all japan he really was a big part of the early part oh. of all Japan, and even into the part we're talking about today in the '90s, he the was. Split.
1: Oh yeah, he was always there for that. He was
0: the guard of the. He was the old guard. He was that. He was the only one that was. Yeah, baby that face
1: on not, yes, mm-hmm. he was on every single tour and working his butt off every night, and he's a big bad American cowboy, you know. Yeah, and I feel
0: like each of uh, the Steno team, they yeah. each had a very unique match with him. No, single are, match program rivalries, each and yeah. every
1: one of them yes very different they, stories i believe stan hansen believed it was his role to take on each and every one of them single match program to elevate
0: yeah and i think yeah. do you i mean is that what you think is that what was one of the key factors in really lifting these? oh floor?
1: yeah I think-
0: all right so before we move on i wanted to tell you about our patreon also known as Fight Game Media Network Plus, okay? We have four exclusive and weekly podcasts on Fight Game Media Network Plus that include uh, John LaRocca and Gary Gonzalez covering the 1997 WWF year, soon to be 1998 WWF year. It's a look-back, weekly, uh, episode-by-episode breakdowns of Raw and pay-per-views. If there's anything that interests you about the uh, Attitude Era... WWF WWE this is a great place to you know start listening to it right now or just listen from January till wherever they are at in the podcast series now we've also got the AEW Dynamite show with Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins they cover every AEW Dynamite show every Wednesday night a couple hours after the show is over We've got Scott Edwards' five-star Joshi show. This is about Joshi Pro Wrestling, women's pro wrestling in Japan. It's a very niche topic, and Scott really does a good job at not only staying up to date with the news. That's not the easiest to get and compile, but it's also, um, you know, he has his own takes on everything. It's it's everything that you would want out of a, a, a genre website when it comes to wrestling. Um, and Scott's columns and Scott's shows are yeah they're great and we try to you know I've tried to even cover Joshi pro wrestling on high tension but it's just so much going on and Scott does a really good job at you know zoning in and keeping us up to date on women's wrestling in Japan also and finally we have the full version ad version of brace for impact with Mike Gilbert and JD Oliva this the dark horse show of the fight game media plus Network Uh, If you're an Impact fan, I can't think of a better and more uh, in-depth, no-punches-pulled sort of podcast that focuses on, you know, Impact and not just, you know, slam dunking on it, but really uh, highlighting the good points and, you know, taking a look at what doesn't make it work. It's, you know, it's one of the network's most popular shows you can get in its full form uh, on Fight Game Media Network Plus. All right, so let's get back to the show.
1: The uh, the Misawa Kobashi Kawada Tawe working against each other in single single match program. That's fine, very Japanese style. But they were able to have important single match against people like Stan Hansen Terry Gordy Steve Williams Dennis Fivy Johnny S. Big Americans, mm. you know. So uh, see, uh, in 90, by nineties, New Japan became more and more Japanese oriented, huh? You know, three musketeers working against each other and you throw Kensuke Sasaki and Hiroshi Hase in the back and uh Fujinami Choshu still not retired and active and uh, the only American was uh, were probably Vader and Scott Norton and Bigelow that's it you know what I mean? Yeah yeah it was so, m-
0: much more <clears throat> Japanese centric.
1: Yeah yeah and it was like Jan Baba very American style traditionally but he believed that uh, American wrestlers are uh, physically bigger you know, and therefore it's like they're there to just, you know, they beat Japanese people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, guys the big, old uh, big
0: yeah. old psychology, right? It was the um before before the more Japanese centric feud, you know, with Ricky Choshu and Tenru and, and and later within all Japan amongst the Japanese stars. Uh, that was I guess it's still an old trope. It's still an old kind of um, thought going into Japanese, particularly Japanese pro wrestling is-
1: Yeah, Stan Hansen Hansen put it uh, very, uh, he had a unique understanding that if you, you know, only have Japanese against Japanese, it's like, it's almost like a system in society that uh, just like the real world, that you really have to work hard to become better. You know, that uh, big American, on the other hand there's no logic these guys are big bad gaijins that you can't do anything about you mm. know that's why japanese wrestling needed big bad american gaijins that uh, physically you just can't beat them you know that a uh, little bit later on they, when they brought in people like gary albright he, he really fit that in, in in the picture terry gordy Ter- of course yeah yeah well terry gordy a uh, little bit early because. Um, uh, he was brought in in early 80s after Terry Funk, you know, like another young, you know, Texas cowboy style and just like a, was treated like a young Hansen type, you know, mm. then Steve Williams was brought in as a, as a tag team par- partner of Terry Gordy and just fit the mold. The, Steve Williams is a little bit shorter, but that's, see the size and his athletic background of amateur wrestling and football that the that the Japanese wrestlers can't do anything about. Mm. You know, and there's a typical single match, like if you remember uh Kobashi against Steve Williams in Budokan. Like, mm. oh my gosh, there's no language barrier there. You know, you just go in there and and beat the crap out of each other or something, and very convincing wrestling match, you know? And both both men were over
0: over the top charismatic. I mean, especially those two were just I mean, talking steve williams I and mean, he yeah. what i remember about watching old all japan videos of him was the crowds would be relatively quiet at points and you always heard when steve williams wanted to say something like
1: somebody oh yeah or, or,
0: or anything and i think um it
1: kind of echoed through the bigger arenas and, and, and those were the all japan style storyline see hmm. japanese wrestling you don't have promo or backstage skit all those t- 20 plus years Stan Hansen worked in All Japan Ring he never had to you know do this long promo or storyline or a backstage skit little bit of mic a little bit but uh, not much no storylines the matches are and the line, the matchups are the storyline who's the next very simple who's the next challenger for the triple crown or something very sports like Yeah. So not these people necessarily hated each other or there was no backstabbing or the storyline feud or anything like that. It's like who's gonna be the next challenger? Like a worthy opponent for somebody. Yeah. Mm. And if you if you rotate, you have 20 different kinds single match. Yeah. And every year, just like today's G1 climax. There was a champion carnival in spring that there's a round robin tournament you will have single match one against another that's the japanese wrestling really and
0: when you brought up this steve williams match he's another perfect you know uh opposite for somebody like kobashi kenta kobashi because going back and revisiting some of those matches recently what i noticed is i heard a lot of women cheering for kent kobashi he was not only just a a really popular you know pro wrestler he had a classic look he had a huge size but i think it seemed like he was really popular with women as well
1: yeah emotions yeah emotions
0: maybe he's the most emotional of these
1: yeah i think so because uh Mm. misawa and kawada didn't really show much you know no they just go in there and did it right kawada could explode yeah and show his because uh, he's a smaller and he takes it
0: yeah, more underdog feeling.
1: Yeah, yeah. But and Misawa the was backstory a... back that Misawa more of an elite, mm-hmm. and uh, more Kawada was more of an underdog that who worked so hard to go go up there. Yeah,
0: Misawa was just perfect. He was comp- He didn't need a. He didn't get stressed out. That was the character I think he wanted. Yeah, to and then also convey. he
1: looked like a uh, your star quarterback. You know.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, but Kobashi had more. Mm, yeah okay. interesting
1: big background because believe it or not that he did not have any high school record on any sport i mean i mean he had judo he had karate he was bodybuilder but uh that mrs baba didn't even answer his you know the, the little resume for a couple of times really is that true yeah. Wow. yeah yeah i mean it's like a. A lot of you know the resume and the profile you know like uh you, your bio being sent to the office right w- Wanted to be a wrestler and audition only see, not like new japan's once a year audition the all japan pro wrestling didn't have this set date for that you know annual audition for the rookies you know that the letter is being sent and mr and mrs baba look at it oh let's meet this guy oh let's not meet this guy right and for some reason that uh, mrs baba you know pretty much ignored that the uh, kobashi's letter a couple times wow so <laughs> she didn't find him
0: uh, so impressive he, he had a kind of casual experience with athletics before yeah
1: everybody played some sport in high school you sure. know but not like national level hmm. and uh, he kind of blue color background that he right out of high school he started working for factory kind of thing uh, there was a Kyocera company in Kyoto, and he, it's uh, it's hard to put it, but uh, not to you know badmouth Mrs. Baba, but uh, I believe that the, the Mrs. Baba did not like the uh, the, 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 uh, the Kobashi's home address. Oh, he's from that area, kind of thing. Well, he he wasn't from Tokyo. No, Kyoto. Oh, he's from Kyoto. Okay, so uh, okay, so there's yeah, but there's a a section of Kyoto. It's like a rich area and not so rich area, hmm. and suburban area or like, uh, you if you are from Kansai, you know the the Kyoto Osaka area. By looking at the hometown where you're from, you could almost tell that this person come from blue-collar background or the rich or the you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's not very Mm -hmm. good. I mean, it's not me. Okay, but uh, But apparently. It's normal. It's normal.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, especially like a, older it's like generation. a real home.
1: Yeah, like a home address. It's like, a, oh, he's Stereotype. from that. Yeah, he's from that area. Oh, he must be poor, right? Hmm. And uh, he evidently he started working for factory, you know, become factory worker, like a real blue-collar people. And uh, But the, he built his own, you know, bodybuilding little studio on the roof of the factory and, you know, keep working on it you know, and just, get big and uh yeah he um he didn't know why his you know that the bio failed and he called the office a couple of times telephone you know well, what was the problem that i did not make the audition right mm-hmm. yeah he yeah he's like got you know he didn't know why he wasn't accepted or even at least to get the audition date right because he's tall and mm-hmm. he sent the photo of his upper body he's like look he's already in shape and he wanted to become a professional wrestler, but uh, the office did not answer. Well, there was his, 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 his bio was among 15 other guys. Right. Mm. But uh, so he called the office, you know, what was the reason that uh, I did not get the, you know, the, the reply. And uh, he, he he had to call a couple of times, you know, cause he was so made up his mind that they am going into old Japan and become wrestler. Right. He was mm. already 20 or something then uh he called a couple times that uh, he was told that but you have no um that uh how do i put it um like sufficient uh high school athletic record or, or mm, you, know, mm. you played rugby yeah that's fine you know you were, you have a little bit of judo background a little bit of karate karate background but that's normal for any anybody who wanted to be a wrestler right Mm-hmm. And uh, but he did not know why that the, his bio wasn't answered, you know. But so he called the office. Then finally, Mr. Baba looked looked at the papers. Oh, wow! Let's look at this guy. And then uh, he was brought into the small, real small spot show one day. You know, that's uh, Mrs. Baba's way too. See, if it's Korakan Hall something, that everybody will come in, right? Mm-hmm. Wanted to be auditioned. He, they appointed him to come into real small town spot show in the middle of nowhere, you know what I'm saying? Real test. Oh, real test, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if he's serious enough, he'll take the train and the local line to take bus if you had to, and come to the building that day, you know, in a weekday at that, you know? Those crowds are pretty different
0: too. a Kun is maybe a little bit, not usually, Oh, because but-
1: it's also a very, you know, educated audience. And- mm reading oriented audience too you know mm-hmm. and uh, it's different it's like working at the cora like being auditioned to you know in front of educated audience you know mm-hmm. yeah it's different but uh, he had to go to this small town no tv middle of nowhere small town spot show just to have a little meeting with mr baba and uh they were happy that he showed up you know yeah, and, and and had to do some you know Hindu squad you know five hundred of those you know in, in front of Baba, etc. Like and then the Baba said, "When can you start?" "All right, right." Mm. Yeah. So that's like another very humble beginning, you know, story for a relatively unknown unknown rookie, right? Mm-hmm. He was thin. I mean, he was tall, but like not as promising, you know. Oh, in his mind, yes, he was gonna. But, uh you know, he wasn't very glorified rookie. You know what I'm saying? He was pretty um, <clears throat> average looking. At uh, the beginning, yeah. At the beginning, also, he didn't yeah. have
0: a haircut. He didn't have the orange trunks yet. Oh,
1: no, none of that. None of that. None of that. And also, around the same time, they got Akira Tauwe, that uh, former semi-star sumo wrestler, to mm-hmm. start. So he... You know taue was gonna be always gonna be above those rookies you know and yeah. the useless yeah useless trivia is though that the, at the all japan dojo there's a big huge cardboard box with used trunks and uh, knee pads and uh, you know like a sweaty t-shirt or you know, throw into the this big cardboard box you have to find little trunks that fit yeah <laughs> oh, oh, you know, they're not going to buy you the, you know, the fancy trunks or knee pads or something. And usually those leather ring boots were hand me down kind of thing. Yeah. I, I remember one. Yeah. yeah from we sem- did that in senpai. gym class. Yeah. Like gym yeah. class or on yeah, the soccer yeah, team. Yeah. It, right. It's an old t-shirt washed, but still old, you know, but from last season. Oh, of course. Of course. Mm. So the short little trunks, red or blue or something. And a knee pad, that worn knee pad, but washed, but it's still beat up. You know, you find the knee pad that fit. Yeah, you find your trunk stuff. Hit. All oh, right, I got the costume. And mm. usually, some older wrestler will give you their, you know, used ring boots. Mm-hmm. But that's a real humble being. It's it's almost like a, a part of pro wrestling dojo, you know, philosophy or something. So, uh, yeah, to make long, long story short, that the. The costume that the rookie wears—I mean, I heard this story from Yoshinari Ogawa because he found—he—he he, he had the collection of those, <laughs> you know—and hmm. uh, yeah, Kobashi had to wear something. Yeah. Oh, that useless trivia! The very first Marufuji trunks was all tiger-mask trunks that the Misawa threw away. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what the yeah, green I mean, ones? Got, uh, that, that there's the dead little... He had the green one that's, that the, when Maruji debuted, it was green little trunks, but underneath there was another trunks that the tiger Mask put on it, you know, like a mm. black with yellow stitches. Okay. Yeah, oh. he found that trunks and he wore it. That's good useless <laughs> trivia. It's not, that's isn't a that- good one yeah and uh, yeah it's like somebody threw away your blue trunks or the you know yellow knee pad or something anything that fit yeah you have to wear it you know
0: you have to make it but, work no matter how basic oh or-
1: yeah so it took kobashi probably good three years to get to that uh, neon color orange trunks on his own yeah mm-hmm. he was wearing red trunks and white boots I don't know who gave it to him, but uh, yeah, it was like that. I think he lost like a sixty of his first matches.
0: Right, that's like another that.
1: hierarchy thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Until Jan Baba recognized something in you.
0: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm.
1: after that, second year rookie, that uh, Kobashi was put uh, was put together with younger Johnny Ace to be the American Japanese Tag Team. Yeah. To, yeah, to win the Asian Tag Team title, the very first title you usually win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Kobashi had to climb up the ladder. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think a lot lose. of uh Western fans sometimes interpret, lo- you know, losing in the Japanese setting. I don't think it's as bad or as viewed as badly as you know, if if you lose like doing
1: jobs, doing. Yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> no, it's I think, not like that. You when you're a rookie, you keep losing all year long. Yeah, and it's kind of how
0: how you lose or the way you lose that will garner sympathy. The best wrestlers like Kobashi. What would you do
1: that. during the match that will, you know, make people look at you and actually start liking you. you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had the fire. I mean, natural, very natural. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: But you mentioned Tawei. Tawei came in and he kind of had the um, the special treatment. He was, yeah. It's like a like uh, jumbo kind of.
1: Yeah, kind of. And also, he was acting in partner you know, of Jumbo right away. Jumbo mm. again and Jumbo and, and and Akira Tao the real like a Tokyo Towers, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he even kind of if you take a quick glance, he kind of resembled the Baba or something, red tights, very tall much, dai. very
1: much so. And the big boot. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a modern and actually, version. I mean nothing to take you know you know away from Tawe, but the Taui come off like the laziest one, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that's... natural.
1: Yeah, he's natural.
0: You he's know? he doesn't seem as though he's rated the same way as high right as the other three But
1: when you have a working shoe on that guy's big guy and he's actually a talented athlete he just doesn't have the i mean he didn't look like he had that big drive right
0: mm. yeah. yeah i mean that's
1: not, not as driven, but that's a lot of sumo wrestlers are you know
0: yeah and understanding his sumo background really that defines a lot of you know who he is and, and a lot of, um, you know, other wrestlers throughout the years that if they were involved in sumo, I think you'd really need to understand that to really fully understand what they're doing in the ring. In yeah. It's
1: a, it's a different, it's you know, the different expectations. Upbringings.
0: Yeah. You know, we think yeah. about, um, Kurt Angle or Brock Lesnar. Oh, not, not like that. It's, it's like not a, like that, but we do have, have a, a different uh, ten, image.
1: Yes. he, Akira Tawa himself had this close to 10-year experience in, in sumo from the early teenage years. Then he gave up sumo and then become pro wrestler as his job or something, right? His mm-hmm. next business. In the, but he had the size. He had the ability. He just didn't i mean have the, the fire or something, you know? But he was equally talented, though. It's just different. I do remember I think, uh, he, yeah.
0: he was sort of paired with the older generation at first in some yeah because
1: you know, in... G- that's how giant baba would like to pair you know because he's already tall he's got the size he's you know heavy and just have to learn how to work he can be put in the main event cluster yeah but it it
0: sort of also had him feeling like a little bit uh, distant from the other three It was
1: different... yeah but the success of this steno is the formula was the all four guys are very different that's why very much so yes you know what i'm saying yeah. you, whereas um three musketeers of new japan muto hashimoto Chono, you could tell their friends mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah mm-hmm. but different dynamic uh, between a yeah,
1: different dynamic yeah and the, yeah. the dojo mate of course you know they started the same you know same day audition the same day and they pretty much debuted the same week that, that that's that's fine but uh, Steno, Misawa, Kawada, Kobashi, Taue, they didn't start together, you know, hmm. and they had the different treatment, they just happened to be together at the end, and they became Steno. you know, four different deities, right, yeah, yeah and yeah, I, so it's different,
0: I, uh, I also believe that what you said <laughs> earlier about, we were talking about, in all Japan, the, the, the promo was the match or the matches themselves, right? Yeah, they never have this, you know, like a clear storyline, you
1: know? And when or we, the simple, subtle, you know?
0: Yeah, but it's not like what we saw with the Three Musketeers, right? With, there was no heel turn, there was no uh, Nalia Ogawa, Invader feud. That was, that's a different style. It's more, you know, action and entertainment where these and matches- the more,
1: more more Antonio Inoki of
0: it. Of course, know? of course. Yeah. More star-centered, more star-centered. Yeah,
1: more star-centered. yeah I, I think so, I think so. Uh, and uh,
0: and I think that during the, this period in the 90s with these Tenno,
1: yes. I
0: think that it really, it's m- more defined by each encounter they had with each other from tag team matches with each other or, or singles matches uh, against each other. They all tell each of those are the chapters of the full story. And that's the only way to really get it.
1: And each guy had different paths. Yeah,
0: very different path. And yeah. a Kobashi and a Misawa match is very different from a Misawa and a Kawada
1: match. And oh, Misawa Kawada match? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like a different, completely different
0: emotion. Yeah. But if you put those two stories together, it tells a, a very kind of full story of yeah. the generation. Yeah. So and I then, think that's and one then of throw the. Throw Tower he,
1: in there. You know, throw Tower in there. You have different chemistry too.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> an earlier match between him and Kawada. They were It was very bloody. It, was, it, was, it wasn't what you'd expect. It was just a. A mean brawl between yeah, the,
1: yeah. But those you know. see Kawada and Tawe as a tag team. You know that uh, they became friends later on. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, very different too. Yeah, we different had a bit, dynamic, but the different chemistry too. Yeah, very and famous in- tag yeah, team what, matches. Yeah. yeah, what's interesting was that uh, when Kawada and Misawa have a single match, that the Misawa almost work like a heel, and uh, the the Kawada underdog become total baby face on it right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and then uh misawa against kawada is like a senpai kohai japanese philosophy you know, older gun uh, and a little bit more you know like a younger one and uh, and uh under the kobashi is also another baby face right mm-hmm. and the uh, kawada i mean uh, uh, the, if you throw Tawe in there it's like a, wow it's like a, Tao is always so independent, distant from everybody else. And then and, and, uh, it's so hard to read him, right? And uh, yeah, it's each and every single pair, uh, be just different story. You know, mm-hmm. not clear baby face in here, but the people decide, depend on the match.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the time period too, you know, it's like the 1998 Misao Kawada match, had
1: a it was very pro Kawada. Everybody, it was clear right, who they wanted to win. They probably had the 30 or 40 single match, you know, by then, and Misawa beat them all, right? Mm-hmm. It took good 10 years for Kawada to finally beat Kawada, I mean, Misawa at the Tokyo Dome. Oh, wow, he finally beat Misawa clean in the middle of the ring, you know, and uh, it was like one win was so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and, wish um, wrestling was designed like this now, you know. It yeah. it requires a lot of patience, I think. Yeah, because people had to be watching the whole, you know, the, just ten years of story, you know, all together and just I'm with you kind of thing. And
0: I think uh, in Japan it was a more literary market for wrestling too. So I think talking about it in the magazines every week really helped to build and build. And build I the, think so.
1: In nineties, it's mm-hmm. before the internet era. We have that, that. Japanese wrestling fans were very wrestling—I mean, reading-oriented. Not just weekly pro wrestling shukan pro wrestling, but there were weekly gong, mm-hmm. weekly fight, and the Tokyo sports—you know, sports paper tabloid that comes out every afternoon that you can read about it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, that's all before the internet, huh? <laughs> you know, it was,
0: the, but it was basically what is on the internet now. I mean, it was yeah, but uh, what's you the difference?
1: These. What's the difference? So it's like I'm, of course, I'm so into print media and not so much into uh, into the internet that much. But, so I might be biased, but the uh, print media, you know, the Tokyo Sports, the Nikkan Sports, the Sponichi, and weekly progressing magazine, the weekly gang magazine, and weekly fight magazine, uh, they were all produced by professional writers, whereas on the internet wrestling website, you can be writer today with no experience. It's a very good point. It's a very yeah, very different yeah. Because the fans can be writing it, whatever they want.
0: There's a big you know? disparity between the you know talent <clears throat> levels. I think so. Because yeah, because it's because of how it's been treated here in uh, in um, in the states. I mean, geez, I remember it, Hogan it, burned the Observer on a, a WCW uh show. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, but
1: the still that's hot. Wrestling Observer has always been the best one. Yeah, because Still, it, yeah because
0: it's treated that way. It's treated the way that... And
1: also, uh, you have to give Dave more credit that the week in week out for decades and decades that he that's the only thing he's been doing. And, and he's, he's professional.
0: The know? only uh, way I could really get information on what was happening in Japan the from the tapes would be from the Observer yeah yeah
1: yeah when the
0: internet popped up there were some you know newer sources but it was always connected back to
1: yeah but the internet wrestling website you can write up anything with no backup or whatever you feel like or you thought you watched the match and you felt certain way you write it and it may not be all that accurate
0: well there's no there's no oversight there's no oversight there's no standard
1: for for a print you know journalist to you know, to be able to have your story actually printed, there's like a lot of hurdles to you know to clear. That, that you are, you have your editors to change your writing. There's uh, other people that, that uh, they'll fix you or they change what you are writing or in being told what to write, what not to write. Uh, that the writing has to be very professional and proof you know read and uh, it takes a lot to actually have your story printed in the magazine.
0: I don't think many people understand the you know the full process you know if you write an article it's just like
1: newspaper in regular magazine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah
0: yeah I, it's just i think for the sites that you know we work for like it's still the same process and just because you know it says uh you know this article is by justin that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's going to go through a lot of other hands and it might be very different than what it looked like when it started when it but started it, yeah that's just that's the process. It needs to go out a certain way, it needs to uh, adhere to style and certain rules. And uh because th- well the, the language standard. and
1: the wording and uh yeah, the certain word you can't use, or you know, that the expressions you know, you might you don't want to offend some people, or this is a very discriminating word that you don't want to use in print. You know, there's a lot of things, you know.
0: Well, the other big difference too is that there's this the advertisement money from websites that really forces uh websites to it forces editorial to change what their plan is because to stay alive you need money to get yeah, that to, yeah. to, to get that money you need advertising fee and,
1: and also you need a lot of people being read you know reading it
0: exactly you know, and subscribing if, if they're not driving
1: or yeah like how many times it's been hit you know so if, if it's
0: not something that people are interested or interested in if you know, I'm not interested really in the in the trailer and the Jake Paul stuff, but people are very interested in it. And that's why people write about it, because that's what people are clicking on. So it becomes more about uh, what people are interested in and, and uh, the websites kind of have to play, uh, you know, give and take and, and bend a little bit more as opposed the to. The
1: doors are way, always wide open for new writers. Or, that's true, too. Uh, any teenage, you know, wrestling fan to be writing something. There's no and roadmap. No roadmap. For print media, you really have to go through a lot to become a writer. Really. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not saying uh, what I did was great or anything like that, but I'm uh, not that special. But uh, but it was a different uh, time. It was a special I time. I had in... to go through a lot, you know. Hmm. Yeah. But you were writing a lot. being changed and fixed or, yeah. Oh, but, I mean, it was also
0: such a huge part of uh, – the wrestling scene in japan it was the other arm you know when it wasn't on television and television well, japanese people are
1: pretty much reading oriented in general
0: you know? yeah not as much a tv culture as like the united states the united states is a TV right. culture. um tokyo people are moving around a lot there was uh, watching wrestling on tv uh, it was less you know you watch it on new year's new year's time when everybody's at home but yeah. for the most part, you know, you're just catching what you can and you need the newspaper or the magazines to catch up on all the details.
1: Right? Yeah, see, like, not anymore. But uh, when you get on the, in the subway or train in Japan, it's, uh, they were all reading some kind of newspapers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, until your smart, smartphone era, you know?
0: Yeah. And, always the... the
1: internet era. Then Yeah. yeah always... So it's a little bit different. So the steno wrestling may not work now, you know?
0: I don't know i, I mean yes
1: it,
0: it's also because so many wrestlers are bouncing around there's a lot of wrestlers that are just freelance now they don't really belong to any uh one company and that's okay right right. they have their own oh, yeah, God.
1: clearly then in 90s yes new japan pro wrestling and all japan pro wrestling and uwf family yeah it was uh, like and, wwf and, 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 and jo-
0: wcw say it was and jo-
1: like- yeah and joshi pro wrestling in, in a separate entity
0: yeah, separate worlds It felt like. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it's very different. No, because it we all went, you know, like almost like a melting pot after new millennium and dark age of wrestling came in because of MMA influence and all these things. It, it, but wrestling survived. You know, wrestling survived. It was With very new,
0: strange though to see yeah? people like Kawada change their character at that time, uh,
1: uh, and then going to hustle, hustle as a yeah. danger, dangerous K. <laughs> yeah because uh, that uh, after baba passed uh, Jan Baba passed away and until muto came in and uh, there's a uh, mrs baba's version of old japan pro wrestling and uh, there was like a dark age you know and, and uh, then they weren't able to you know pay kawada so kawada had to go somewhere of freelance he made it clear though what he did with hustle is, is not really toshiaki kawada i am dangerous kid doing a sport entertainment, Mm.
0: you know what I'm
1: saying? was the same person, but it was different costume and different setup. And uh, in his mind, he was doing something different.
0: It's like if he went to film a movie and came back.
1: And also, yeah, and also he didn't join Pro Wrestling Noah, So uh, that was his choice, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, there's an interesting story behind that, right? He wasn't, yeah, yeah, he wasn't really invited but no was- it wasn't
1: like, no it's not like that you know and it's another very big misconception the in myth. america american internet community that uh, misawa and kawada didn't get along or something no they were best friends you know it's like when you hear a boyfriend and girl i'm not saying they're gay no it's not like that but when that you know when boyfriend girlfriend or wife and husband you know breakup or something when you hear reason and um, the other third party go is that it is that it it's like a little thing right mm. yeah, but for little thing really matters sometimes if misawa told kawada very first you know the, the kawada had to be the first person to know about misawa leaving the company Mis- kawada did not want to hear about it from other people does that make sense
0: it's like a a massive, huge decision that Misawa apparently didn't share with Kawada, and there was there wasn't a conversation, but there it's just if, what it was. Yeah, if
1: if Kawada was the first person to know about Misawa's plan, he was gone, I think. You oh, know? I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, Misawa's plan wasn't like you know taking every single wrestler and every single. You know, referee and ring announcer and office employee and all these things. Misawa was gonna leave with just three or four guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when he turned turned around, every single wrestler, all the way down to out to big, you know, middle-aged veterans like a Russia Kimura or you know Haruka Eigen or all these older guys, like I'm joining you, right? And The uh, uh, rookies, too, Marufuji, Kenta. Yeah, yeah, all these, every uh, Kenta, every one of them, you know. But uh, Misawa's plan was to have just three or four guys, you know, to start his own company from scratch. But he had Nippon TV, Channel 4's blessing, you know, that uh, if you do, we'll come with you, kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. So he had uh, <clears> the <throat> network television deal, you know. But uh, besides that, that the Misawa wasn't going to leave all Japan with every single wrestler. It just so happened because he's a leader, you know, good leader. He I mean, didn't Mark instigate R- anything. He wasn't, a, it was no, a no. It's like mutiny. it's so misunderstood, in, especially in America, mm. that uh, it was his revolution to take every single wrestler out of all Japan pro wrestling and, uh, you know, like almost vanish, you know, and then uh, it's just like, All Japan had to go out of business or something like that. But uh, you have to understand that uh, it's not like Misawa and Mrs. Baba was like enemies. They're more like a son and mother. Seriously, Mm -hmm. it's almost like a Shakespeare thing that uh, you love and hate, right? Misawa coming from single parent family, you know, and uh, right out of high school, he joined All Japan Pro Wrestling. Mr. and Mrs. Baba became their mom and dad. You have to understand that. And next nineteen years, they Misawa for Misawa that Mrs. Mister and Mrs. Baba were were really like his parents, really. And the dynamic changes that when King died, that we they all realized that they didn't really love the Queen. Mm. The kingdom was safe because there was King and Queen. You know what I'm saying? Mm. When King died. A lot of things can change. And Mrs. Baba wanted to have all Japan company, like everything status quo, and wanted to assign, you know, Mitsu or Momota or somebody as a company president. And it, if it wasn't for that, that that circumstance, Jambo Tsura should have been the president, right? Right, but, but he was out of the he picture. He was leaving. No, he went back to school mm-hmm. to be a professor. And that's what he wanted to do. But well, the Jambotura was the kind of person that he would leave wrestling and never look back. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <clears throat> and he, he—that's what what he did exactly. He went back to school, got his master, started teaching in college, then went to Portland, Oregon, to be, to become a professor. And he wasn't gonna come back to wrestling. And he, Mr. Uh, Jambotura told Mrs. Baba that Misawa should be the president. Therefore reluctantly that mrs baba that uh you know made Missa a president but uh president's fine but uh mrs baba would, would be in power too right mm. yeah so it's like the kingdom this, the, the structure has changed really everything and, changed and stan hansen was ready to retire for, for real you know and he stayed with mrs baba yeah very loyal yeah so very loyal yeah, well, because he wasn't going to, you know, go to Misawa's new company to, you know, continue with his career. When Jump, you know, when Baba died, Jumbo retired in the following year. Unfortunately, Jumbo passed away. And just that was a time Stan Hansen really felt that it was time for him to hang the cowboy hat, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't going to go to Misawa's new company. It's just a whole new generation, whole new wrestling and it's the year 2000 that the, everything was perfect. That hey, Stan Hansen was ready to you know retire. It's just very symbolic.
0: Yeah, yeah. like a perfect so those career. Are, yeah,
1: so it's not like somebody hated somebody, you know, or some the power play, or you know Misawa and Kawada never got along, or you know Mrs Baba and Misawa hated each other. It's not as simple as that, you know. It was like the seasons people,
0: changing, you know
1: yeah it's, so i usually use that as like a use shakespeare <laughs> deal that uh, there is a disagreement among family you know yeah mm. it's not like stranger two strangers hated each other you know they were tight they're family you know unlike new japan pro wrestling Inoki's kingdom but uh, it was so big that it was like a more like a corporate structure huh mm. and some some of the like people like vader you know or other American thought, there are too many bosses, right? I don't know who to talk to. For Baba's kingdom, the, if you are able to speak to Mr. or Mrs. Baba, it's done deal, you know? And uh, if King King passed away and the Jumbo left and, the, you know, uh, Mrs. Baba wasn't going to have the company for a long time, she wanted to retire too. You know if if giant Baba isn't there anymore there's no reason for mrs Baba to, you know continue his wrestling business really they're rich you know and already retired and uh yeah a lot of things it's so complicated though you know it's a there's a book in english in language coming out soon That really? uh, yeah about this 2000 big split yeah uh yeah but uh yeah the australian journalist is writing it oh wow yeah i wrote a foreword on that you know, of the book oh that's great yeah and uh it's like western understanding and english you know language written this whole saga of it is very important you know yeah it, japanese yeah western understanding and a different value you just have to you know you really have to read this you know into yeah it's different perspective i think yeah
0: it really uh it's almost you know in danger of being forgotten and even though it's not too long ago it's it's easy to see it when uh there's a new
1: generation yeah uh, but it's already it's it's already been 20 20 years that's right then then there's a muto's you know vision of old japan pro wrestling you know took over as of 2002 then there was like they looked like two sets of new japan pro wrestling you know what i'm saying oh yeah very much so yeah and by then Riki Choshu the following year left New Japan to form very ill-fated Double J, World Japan Pro Wrestling. And by by year 2000, Shinya Hashimoto left New Japan to form Zero One, right? And it's like a New Japan winning like a three or four different way, all New Japan looking, you know? It was very splintered. Yeah, that was my millennium memory, you know?
0: <laughs> we'll have yeah. to do another uh, Dark Ages episode in more specific areas because Oh God, okay. it's like know. a year 2006,
1: 2007. I was scared that the wrestling oh, wow. was going to out, of, I mean, out completely. Oh my gosh, you know. Yeah, very different from the times we were talking about today, for sure. Yeah, but nice. the '90s, very happy time and harmonized that the Stenno it's a really core that the very rich um, Misawa. Kawada, Kobashi, Taue, those four Shitennos doing their best matches in the ring. You know? the, the best think, of all Japan. Yeah, I think so. And then also, believe it or not, uh, that uh, those four superstar wrestlers had no roles in office then. See, when you, when you have a wrestling company, see, the superstars are usually office too, right? Or, sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, or the stockholder, or the board meeting—you know, like a uh, board members or some influence in, in in the office too. Like Cowboy Bill Watts, for example. Yeah, or, or the Vern Gagne, or Rangania, Yeah, or the Von Erichs—you hmm. know, Tennessee, Jerry Lawler, Bill Dundee, or Florida, Georgia. Yeah, all these were like run by wrestlers. Hmm. But when Jan Baba was around, he was a king of that company, and there was Jumbo, there were Tenru, but those 90s era, Misawa, Kawada, Kobashi, Taue, four superstars, they never had any office that the the obligation, just being athletes. Just wrestlers. Uh, Isn't that interesting? Definitely.
0: That's why they had uh, the best product in there. Seemed that way, yeah, there was no uh, distraction, they were focused on being wrestlers. Telling the story. Or almost you know oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, because your your opinion won't be heard. You know, you have to bring it to giant baba straight. You know, and then giant baba always had this separate private dressing room, you know. Only just a few guys, Stan Hansen, Terry Gordy, Johnny, yes, Jum Jumbo, or Misawa, you know, can go in and talk for a few minutes, you know. And then, and then somebody like Johnny Ace going to John Papa's dressing, you know, private dressing for five minutes and come back and come back to American dressing and Stan. Hansen or look at you. Think, what was that about? <laughs> you know, <laughs> They ask him, what was that about? Right. Very and, unique. Yeah. And then also that, uh, w- another thing that the Stan Hansen didn't tell too many people about was that uh, he actually understood Japanese language a whole lot more than he let it out. You know? yeah he could he understood a whole lot more than he can say actually but he had he a good poker face oh he didn't tell anybody about it for a long time yeah but working in japan for what close to 30 years including mm-hmm. new japan time with inoki he came to japan what the 300 times right <laughs> and yeah, this is before it, the internet this was
0: uh, nothing it, tokyo is different now I mean, everything is in english you can you can, all the signs all the, a lot of people can speak basic English but in 70s and 80s 90s it was it
1: wasn't it wasn't like it is now for sure and also by you know traveling like so many years so many times and basically spending your 20 to 25 weeks out of year in Japan for 25 year period you understand mm. the language of course you have to yeah and his wife is Japanese too mm. yeah so actually Stan didn't speak because his only regret in official interview is that that he always say the only regret was that he didn't really learn japanese meaning that he didn't go to school to learn it but he understood a hell of a lot more than he could i mean he would let out mm. yeah so like almost like a, that because he comes from very kayfabe era of professional wrestling right
0: mm-hmm.
1: so He's- interesting actually yeah he He understands Japanese language, though. Oh, 100%. I think if he's working there
0: that much and he has a wife that's Japanese, there's no doubt that there's just no other way he could live.
1: Stan, oh, he had lived in Kawasaki for a while, too. Yeah, you need it. (laughs) And also, think about single, very long, complicated, 30-minute single match against Misawa. Very complicated high spot with Kobashi or Kawada. He must understood Japanese,
0: you know. Must have. So mm-hmm. he, he was kind of an important part in the Shutenno.
1: Yeah, of very much. So. And, and also, and leaving. Just like Stan Hansen told me that the it's like working Jap- Japanese top four working against each other. It's just like part of the real society, right? Mm. And you will need mix with. Big giant monster American that you, you, you cannot do anything about physically. The American big guys are there to be monster. No logic. That mm-hmm. makes sense though. Stan Hansen was just that. Vader was just that a little bit later on. Yeah. And Gary Albright, a little bit Stan, uh, Steve Williams, of course, you cannot manhandle Steve Williams, you know? No way. You just have to work very hard to have a very convincing wrestling match. And he's such an athlete that doesn't matter how brutal the matches were. Steve Williams will get up and shake your hands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why a lot of people loved him too, you know? Such an athlete. No interviews, no promo. Just solid wrestling match. All in the ring. Stories in, in the ring. ring. Oh yes,
0: well, that, I think I think that, that, that
1: has a yeah like a better understanding of big picture Japanese wrestling, huh?
0: Yeah, I and I think that was this was a good primer on that era. Yeah, that I mean, who we covered today, no Four. Yeah, and... we
1: didn't go into who won the title, you know, uh, who won the uh, who beat who for the triple crown and what year and what day, uh, what building. We didn't cover that at all.
0: But, no, uh, this big was...
1: picture big picture yes. thing we understand
0: yeah we'll go into detail in the future on on each of these guys for sure who, and, beat, uh, who? i can't remember because there's so many
1: of them you know well i title, title I, switch all that
0: i think that if somebody out there is listening and they're not as familiar and they want to get familiar i would watch the tag team matches between these four from the 94 95 96 maybe yeah too.
1: they rotate you know they rotate too yeah sometimes sometimes kawada and misawa the tag team Mm-hmm. sometimes uh, Misawa and Kobashi as a team and sometimes Misawa and Jun Akiyama as a team and uh, they, they rotate and they meant different things you know yeah yeah yeah
0: so very thick huh it's dense you have to write all of this down please everyone <laughs> write that down especially
1: <laughs> so but if you have questions how can we reach you on online for me uh, on Twitter, Fumihiko Dayo, Fumihikodayo, F U M I H I K O D A Y O, Fumihikodayo, or just Fumisaito on Facebook. And when, when you send me uh, the, the, send me a message on Messenger, I'll answer you.
0: Mm. And I mean, I'm- sometimes
1: they try to, you know, like a, sometimes people just try, you know, like a friend click, click, and I can't answer every single one of them. Mm. So I would like to have message so we can be friends.
0: Yes, please send a message. And on Twitter, I'm Justin M. Nipper, at Justin M. Nipper, K-N-I-P-P-E-R. That's it. This is uh, Shitenno. I guess we Shiten-no. can say four pillars. It's established, as we said, but Shitenno is is the, the more common term. So please, everyone, write that down. And whom we take it away, so long from Tokyo. Thank you.
1: Right that, right